This is a podcast from Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information, visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk. My sermon series this morning is Are You Surprised? It seems so apt, it really does. Are you surprised? The idea is over the uh, coming weeks that we're going to have a look at being, are we surprised? Are we surprised by all that God is doing? Are we surprised? And what's our reaction to God's blessing? What's our reaction to God's trial or the trials that come up in our life? What's our reaction to our struggle with sin? What's our reaction to the suffering that we know that we all go through at some time or another? And also, what's our reaction to the cost that it is to follow the Lord Jesus Christ? And also, what's our reaction to the word that we're going to look at this morning? What's our reaction to God's grace? What's our reaction to God's grace? And I wondered whether you'd ever been surprised. I know for me, very often, um, I'm surprised. I'm surprised by all sorts of things. Usually, um, if I'm brutally honest, and I like to uh, wear my heart on my sleeve when it comes to preaching, I'm often surprised at my sin, that it comes out so often. And I'm like, I'm trying so hard, but there it is again. And I don't know whether you're like that. Probably you're all a lot better than I am. But um, for me, (laughs) all right, brilliant, nothing. So you are all a lot better than I am. Great. Cheers, guys. (laughs) Appreciate that. I felt the judgment (laughs) in that moment. (laughs) But maybe uh, you get to points in your life where you're surprised, also perhaps by the suffering. You're like, Lord, you know, I just want things to be okay. I want it to be all right. I'm surprised by how much you're putting me through. I'm surprised by how much is going off. And I want us to dig, if possible, over the coming weeks into our hearts to find out the whys and why nots to our surprise. Because I believe we have to know these things in order to be armed. Is it, we said this on Wednesday, forewarned is forearmed. We're ready. And that's what it's all about, isn't it? We have the manual to life. And if I could remember what Pat told me this morning, I would tell you what Bible means, but I can't. For the life of me, remember it. Let's have it, Pat. B-I-B-L-E. Be informed before leaving earth. So we have the manual that says to us, this is how we need to live. This is how we need to be. This is how we need to act. And God has laid it all out really clearly for us. So we have to know the whys and the why nots. We, we have the opportunity to find out the whys and the why nots. So I want to start really with the one this week that seems to flow right through them all. And that is grace. Um, And as uh, Aubrey already um, shared with us this morning, but in its simplest terms, grace is being given what we don't deserve. Being given what we don't deserve. And that is just it, isn't it? That by the grace of God, that we sinners, Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But 24 goes on to say, and are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. So we have been freed from that old life, that old self. We've been freed, but two, we have received grace freely. 
Because there's nothing that we could do to earn it, is there? Nothing at all. We couldn't buy it. We couldn't work for it. We can't dream to even think of attaining all that God's done for us. But God in his goodness has given us grace. And his grace abounds. And as again Aubrey alluded to this morning, that doesn't mean we go on sinning. Quite the opposite. It means we realize what we've got. And we thank God for it daily. And we avoid the things that so entrapped us and so ensnared us. And so led us down the wrong route. And we say, Lord, because of your grace this morning, even on a Monday, church, Lord, help me. Help me to be all that you've called me to be. And Romans three twenty three and 24 sum that up really for us. Because of God's grace, he sent Jesus Christ for me. He sent him for you, that we might be forgiven, that we might be justified. That sounds really complicated, but simply, just as though I'd never sinned. A sinner like me stands before a holy God because of Jesus, as though I'd never sinned. And that's what justified simply is, that his blood has done what needed to be done on that cross. Free grace. And I'm sure that we can all say sometimes that this surprises us, that God's grace does surprise me. And often I am found in moments in my life where, again, as I've already shared with you, you're the same, all right, whether you like it or not. The sin comes out and I know that God still loves me. And I say, Lord, I'm sorry for the sin, but I'm so grateful for your grace. Because in his grace, I know that I'm then forgiven as I bring it before the Lord. And it's done and it's dealt with. There, done. So I'm surprised often by his grace. And that, you know, I'm going to be brave here because I feel like you're almost with me. So I feel like I can be brave. Is that all right? Can I be brave this morning? That you see, it's in good ways and bad ways that I'm, I'm, I'm surprised by God's grace. In his good way, as we've said, that I go, wow, I didn't deserve that grace. I don't deserve this grace. But Lord, you keep pouring it out on me. Your grace is enough. But also too... I mean, we don't do this, but other churches, you know, (laughs) go, I can't believe that the grace of God even stretches to people like them. No, of course, you've never done it. That, Lord, I don't understand. Look how well they're doing. Look how great they're doing. But I know what they do. I know who they are. I know how they behave and act. Yet your grace is enough. (sighs) You've never done it. And today's story really is just that. That there are good ways and there are bad ways. And we need to know the whys and the why nots and the ins and the outs. So that our surprise isn't that we're like, wow. But it's rather that God just does it again and again and again. And by his grace, his grace is enough. And it is sufficient and it does what needs to be done. And really the story this morning sums all that up. So if you've got your Bibles with you, Joshua and chapter 2. It's going to be up on the screen. I'm just going to pick little bits out of it. Um, If you get chance later on to recap and read the the story of Rahab and the spies. uh, An incredible portion of scripture. Um, Joshua is now leading Israel. Little test for you. He took over from Abraham. There's a few of you going, yeah? 
No, no, Moses. He took over from Moses, all right? Nobody, nothing. I try. Very trying. Anyway, and what he's about to do, he's about to cross over the Jordan. And he's going into more of the promised land. And he knows that Jericho, and we've talked about Jericho before, those, uh, that city with those fortified walls, that city that was such a haven. It was a place of lush land, a place, almost an oasis in the middle of an arid desert. It had wells internal to its city. It was the place to be. It was fortified. Its walls were high. And Joshua knew. He knew that the first place that he was going to come up against that was going to deliver some kind of trouble to him was Jericho. So what he does in his first steps is he stands over two spies. He sends spies to go and see the city and to discover what they're up against. And the Bible tells us as we read through chapter 2 that they get into the city. They entered uh, the house then of a prostitute named Rahab, verse 2, and stayed there. And then here we go, verse 2, the king of Jericho was told. He said, look, some of the Israelites have come here tonight to spy out the land. So the king of Jericho sent his messengers uh, to Rahab. Bring out the men who came to you and entered your house because you have, uh, they have come to spy out the whole land. Listen what Rahab does. But the woman uh, had taken the two men and she'd hidden them. And she said, yes, the men came to me, but I uh, did not know where they had come from. At dusk, uh, uh, when it was time to close the city gate, the men left. I don't know which way they went. Go after them quickly. You may catch up with them. Verse 6 tells us, but she had taken them up on the roof and hidden them under the stalks of flax she had laid out on the roof. So the men set out in pursuit of the spies on the road that leads to the fords of the Jordan. And as soon as the pursuers uh, pursuers had gone out, the gate was shut. It is a little bit mission impossible, isn't it? You see, they had made their way into the city. They'd managed to get through the gate, but it wasn't undetected. So therefore, they had to think on their feet and they found themselves jumping in to a house and it was a house that was a house of a prostitute. Her name, her name was Rahab. And the incredible part of this story is that Rahab had heard all about God. She'd heard all about the God of Israel and she'd heard what God had been doing. The king's men come to her. And she hides the spy. She throws the guards off the scent and she sends them on a wild goose chase. And my question really is this morning is why would she do this? Why would she do it? You know, often um, in these times, particularly, the king was the biggest thing that the people would fear. They were almost worshipped. So therefore, if they didn't adhere to everything that the king said, it wasn't like now where you might get a slap on the wrist. No, you would be killed. There's no ifs, no buts, no maybes. She would have undoubtedly, if they found out that she'd been hiding spies, she would have been killed. So she puts her life on the line. We can't forget that. Can't just read over it as though it's a nice story in the Old Testament. No, this is factual that a woman would put her life on the line in order for two guys that she never met before. Two guys that she never met before, but she knew She knew full well that they'd come from Israel and they were part of the Israelites and she'd heard what God was doing. Verse 8 through 11, uh, uh, it says this, Before the spies lay down for the night, she went up on the roof 
and said to them, she says, I know that the Lord has given this land to you and that a great fear of you has fallen on us so that all who live in this country are melting in fear because of you. We have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt and what you did at Shion and Og, the two kings of the Amorites east of the Jordan, who you completely destroyed. When we heard of it, our hearts sank and everyone's courage failed because of you. For the Lord your God is God in heaven above and on earth below. Do you hear that declaration that she makes there in verse 11? For the Lord your God is God. And if you're an underliner, underline that because she grasped it. It, He is God. He's God in heaven above and he's God on earth below. She'd heard, she'd believed, and she was applying her faith. She'd heard, she believed, And she was applying her faith because she'd heard all about Israel and what God was doing through them. She said um, all uh, about the fact of the parting of the Red Sea. She'd heard about that as God brought the uh, Israelites out of Egypt. She'd heard about the kings that they'd already overthrown. And she'd heard and she'd believed and she knew that God was the God. No small g but the God. And she says in verse 11 again, look, and we've talked about the capital letters before when it talks about the Lord. She's saying Yahweh there. She is declaring the name of the Most High God. And she's saying, for Yahweh, your God, is God. She's saying he is God. And I get it. And she's applying it to her life. She put her faith in God after hearing and believing all that he'd done with his people Israel and because of her faith she was saved because of her faith she was saved the grace of God doesn't it this morning knows no bounds because this morning when we look at that we go Rahab and it it doesn't you know it, it, it doesn't just you know go light with what she was it gives a title straight away Rahab the prostitute and often when you um look through um some um commentaries etc they sort of go about Rahab the innkeeper and they try and make it as though well perhaps she was just an innkeeper but no James records for us as we'll look a little bit later on the book of Hebrews records for us again as we'll see just a little bit later on that Rahab the prostitute named Rahab and and they go into her house she I guess in society's eyes was the lowest of the low she deserved no respect she deserved absolutely nothing Yet God showed her grace. God showed her grace. You know, I don't know about you this morning, but there are people that I speak to that they find themselves in a position, they don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, and they say, you know, I just don't know whether I could ever be good enough. As though they're saying to me that they're too far gone. And the Bible tells me that there is nothing that is too far. That God in his grace and the love of the Lord Jesus Christ, that as we say, Lord, I am sorry for the sin in my life, please come into my heart and change me, that God will do that. He will do that. 
And we say, oh, well, this sin and this sin, well, they're far greater than that sin and that sin. But the Bible tells us that sin is sin is sin. And it separates us from God. And we have the opportunity, regardless of how far we think we've gone, how far that we think we're unreachable, where we can say, God, I know I've heard about what you've done. I've seen about what you have done. And this morning, Lord God, I want to say sorry. And I want to ask you into my life. And the Bible tells me that as we declare that, as we put our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, then we will be saved. Amen? That's the opportunity that we have this morning. She believed and she put her faith in God and God brought about that grace that knows no bounds because his grace church is enough. It stretches out to all who are lost. It stretches out and gives us the opportunity at life through our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. And yeah, this ties in real nicely with what we talked about this morning and what Aubrey shared with us. And the Lord is good. He knew. I didn't know what Aubrey was speaking on. He didn't know what I was speaking on. But God knew he wanted us to hear this morning about grace. So I don't think for one second that there isn't somebody in here that doesn't need to hear about it this morning. That God, his grace is enough. And I don't think for one second that we walk out of this place not changed if we are willing to put our faith in the Lord Jesus. That if we do that, that God will change us from the inside out. But two, it ties in so well with what we talked about on Wednesday as we looked at Thessalonians chapter 1. Paul praised the Thessalonians for their faith. He said, your faith is just wow. He was surprised, I guess, in the way that he writes it. He was like, wow, your faith is incredible. And I guess that we, this morning, have the opportunity to understand in the simple way perhaps that we can this morning in such a short space of time that if we're willing to put our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ then that grace is enough and here the grace reaches another sinner and her faith then saves her so amazing was this woman's faith and considered so uh, wonderful amongst the Israelites that so amazing was it as I've said already she was recorded in Hebrews chapter 11 just have a look if you've got your Bibles with you it'll be up on the screen uh, hopefully Hebrews 11 and verse 31 it says this by faith the prostitute Rahab because she welcomed the spies was not killed with those who were disobedient we know as we read through the book of Joshua that it isn't many chapters on that Jericho's walls fall and that God delivers Jericho into the hands of the Israelites but Rahab and her entire family were saved why because God said it was going to be so because God said it was going to be so and because his grace is enough and also James makes mention if you just go over just a book um, from Hebrews to James chapter 2 and verse 25 he mentions her too um, the very brother uh, of Christ he says in the same way uh, was not even Rahab the prostitute considered righteous for what she did when she gave lodging to the spies and sent them off in a different direction And as we see that, we understand that our faith, church, our faith can have an impact on generations to come. You know, often in our lives, we find ourselves just focusing on the now. Or perhaps you can think a little bit further, but that's only till the 28th of the month. 
or whatever payday is. <laughs> Anybody else? No, I'll not say raise your hand because I know surely, surely everybody's the same. Anyway, but we, we wait, don't we, until that payday. That's as far as we can see. And God says, no, I'm much bigger than that. Much bigger than that. And God is a generational God. And we have an opportunity that if we bring up our children in the way of the Lord, then they will go on to serve the Lord, God willing. But too, as we affect lives around us, that we can't just say, well, it's only for today. Or maybe it's for tomorrow. But no, it's bigger than that. And God calls us to be all that we can be today and make sure God will do what needs to be done tomorrow. Amen. And that's the life that we need to live. That's what faith tells us. Hebrews uh, chapter 1, faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Hebrews 11 verse 1, I beg your pardon. Faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. That I am certain that God is in tomorrow already. Amen? Because the Bible tells me so. He's already there. My faith is enough to say God is going to deal with whatever comes into my life. But I also know that in that moment, my faith can be shaken because I think, why? What's going off? God, have you forgot me? And he stood right with me. He says, where are you looking? <laughs> I've got you in my arms. I'll never leave you nor forsake you, remember? I'm here. But church, we have to apply that to our lives because if we don't, We're shaken to the very core of things that come around us and we're surprised by these things that happen. You know, God's grace has no limits. It can reach you this morning if you are willing to allow it. It can reach those church that perhaps we've been trying and praying for for year upon year to ask the Lord Jesus into their life. Do not give up hope. Do not give up hope praying for those that need to find the Lord Jesus Christ. Practically for us this morning who love the Lord, let's not lose heart at sharing his word. Let's not lose heart at loving those around about us even when we get nothing back off them. Let's not lose heart. Let's not get tired. Let's not say, oh Lord, I can do it no more. But let's remember the grace that we're given. That God says, oh Matthew, you failed again today, but I still love you. And I'm still going to show you that grace, that boundless grace. I'm still going to keep on loving you. And church, we too know, don't we, that if we run in the opposite direction, that God pursues us. He pursues us because we are his and he will never let us go. You know, God can tear down even the biggest defenses, even the biggest walls, even the most fortified city walls. He can reach those that seem unreachable. And this morning, we've seen that his grace is enough, that even for this prostitute in the middle of Jericho, that she was reachable, that God reached into her life. And church, may we, in that sense, be continually surprised that those people that we think are unreachable, that God will reach them. And all we have to do today is be faithful. Amen? And if we're faithful today, then God's grace will abound and lives will be changed because he is able. Amen? Let's just pray. Heavenly Father, this morning we just want to thank you for your word. We thank you for Rahab and her faith. And Lord, we thank you that she's recorded for us there in the very hall of of faith. The very hall that says she was faithful and she stood firm. And this morning I pray that you might help us as your children to be faithful. 
To remember that grace that was given to us and he's given to us so daily. That Father, that we might remember, that we might seek your face in all that we do. And we might push on for you. And Father, we pray for those yet that don't know you as Lord and Saviour. Father, may we not give up praying for them. May we not give up pursuing them. Father, we know that you never will. And we pray, Lord God, that you will push doors down. You will push down those walls. That boundaries will be removed. And that, Father God, your word will settle on hearts. And that lives might be changed. We thank you, Lord God, that your grace yet abounds. Father, that we are given what we do not deserve on a daily basis. And we just praise and lift your name high. Bless us now, Father, as we again worship together. We ask all of these prayers in and through our Savior's precious name, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. This has been a podcast by Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information, visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk.